This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today's show is being brought to you by Crawford's Barbecue. Crawford's Barbecue brings great barbecue products to pitmasters and kings of the cul-de-sac alike. To find out more, head on over to crawfordsbbq.com. In this episode, it's a doubleheader. Greg is going to visit with Harry Sue. Harry is going to talk about the ACM throwdown in Las Vegas in 2012, and it is just loaded with Harry Sue greatness. Let's get right to it. Here's Greg and Harry from April 3rd, 2012. Last weekend saw the ACM barbecue throwdown take place in Las Vegas, Nevada, and when the smoke cleared, with over 100 teams trying to win, Slap Yo Daddy came out on top of the pile. And here to talk about the event, give us a recap of the cook, none other than pitmaster of Slap Yo Daddy Barbecue, Harry Sue. Harry, welcome back again, buddy. How are you? Thank you, Greg. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Harry. I'm certainly uh, probably not riding anywhere near the high that you are running on. And, you know, before we get the recap, Harry, man, you are having quite a year so far. Did you expect to come out of the gate this hot? And how hard do you think it's going to be to maintain this level of excellence for the rest of the season? You know, I have uh, by far surpassed all the expectations that I had. Uh, we've won in five of the last six uh, events we cooked in. Is that something that you ever think about? Where how many could you possibly string along together as far as wins, or do you game plan out? I'd like to win X amount of competitions this year. Or does that not even factor into the thought process? You know, the entire thought process is focused on having fun and uh, going out and cooking and being with my friends and just having a good time. Right here, let, let me ask you this because I don't want to forget. And I have a lot of other questions here outlined, but one of the biggest questions that I got when I said Harry Sue won ACM and he's going to come back on the show and recap it is, you know, when you were on a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the Santa Anita event and we showed a picture of the setup. One bag of charcoal, one 18 and a half inch Weber Smoky Mountain. People are like, there's no way that this guy is doing a whole cook on a singular WSM with a stoker and one bag of charcoal. So I hate to kind of bring this out of timetable as far as how the discussion is concerned, but are you only using one WSM and clear it up for all the naysayers and give us the exact footprint that you're using for competitions? The exact footprint that I'm using is one 18-inch WSM and one bag of charcoal with a, you know, stoker system with a 10 CFM fan. And uh, many teams came by out of curiosity at the ACM in Vegas to take a look. So I had many people who stopped by to ask me about it, and I gave everybody a complete explanation of how the whole contraption works. One of the biggest follow-up questions to that, because I did mention and I showed a picture of it, is you know how are you cooking the meats? Are, are the bigger cuts getting done You know, obviously well ahead of time where you're able to just kind of wrap and hold them and do chicken and ribs on top of that after the fact? I do a wrap and hold, and the brisket and butt are done by about 7 a.m. 7 a.m.? Uh-huh. And wow. I hold it for about five, six hours, and uh, we no loss in quality. We uh, we finished, I think, third in brisket uh, last Saturday. All right, so let's go ahead and recap the cook a little bit. And before we get into the categories, 
The event was held in Las Vegas during the American Country Music Awards Experience Weekend. Harry, how big of a change is this deal when you compare it to some of the other more traditional events that you've cooked in the past? I mean, this isn't like you're out in the middle of a field or a parking lot. It's Vegas. It's country music. I mean, there's a lot of things going on now. There's a lot of things going on, and we had concerts going on. We had a convention going on. We have all these stars. Uh, we had celebrity cook-offs. So it was a really busy weekend. They required the teams to check in on Thursday. So timeline-wise, it was actually more relaxing. Because usually I'm sort of the last team in on Friday after work, but this time everybody had to check in by 6 p.m. on Thursday. So we actually had Thursday evening to kind of unwind. There was a reception being thrown at a Hooters, so all the teams went out and had drinks and had food. There was also another reception on Friday for the teams at the Mandalay Bay. So we were given the A-list treatment. Harry Sue from Slap Yo Daddy joining us here on the show. SlapYoDaddyBBQ.com is the website. They're currently sitting in number one for Team of the Year in 2012, 400-plus point lead over QOW, uh, which is in second place. Uh, Harry, when you have so much else going on around you, stack on top of that, you're in Vegas, so like a billion things to draw your attention away from the task at hand. Was it hard to maintain focus given all of those ancillary things that you could easily get caught up in? I think it's really easy to get caught up in Vegas because of the glitter and the glamour and, of course, the allure of the casino and gaming. I know a lot of teams uh, took their time and went out to uh, kind of you know make a deposit or make a withdrawal at Vegas, depending on how you want to look at it. Harry Sue joining us here on the show. All right, so let's go ahead and take a little bit closer look at the turn-ins. Uh, you start with chicken. Let me ask you, Harry, because I was reading uh, like conflicting stories. Were they calling out uh, top 20 in each category? Yes, uh, apparently there was a time window to conduct the award ceremony. We had sort of like 30 minutes. So Ron had a challenge to try to call essentially 100 calls in 30 minutes. So <laughs> the way it worked was he called the top 20 by name. And only the first place winner for each category would go on stage to receive a plaque. Gotcha. All right. So we look at chicken. And, you know, this is from what pitmasters are telling me. You get a call in chicken and the event starts to kind of get that momentum rolling. You feel kind of good. You don't get a call in chicken and you're like, oh, man, this maybe isn't like the greatest uh, omen as far as competition and awards are concerned. First overall, how did you think about the chicken as you were turning it in and running it over to the turn and tent? Were you very happy with it? Did you think it was first place chicken? Well, you know, in a field of 110 teams, right, it's really hard to get into the top 20 in any of the four categories. But I was really surprised. I found this after the fact that I all scored a perfect score for chicken. Only one judge gave me an 8. So I scored a 179.5 points out of a possible 180. And I looked at the second-place chicken, and I actually had like a five-point lead over the second place on chicken. And despite not really walking for ribs and for pork, I, I think the chicken score really propelled us uh, past the RC, which uh, we won by a scant four <laughs> ten thousand of a point over Lucky's Q. And I take my hat to all the people who competed because it was such a such a close race in the individual categories as well as the GC and RC in the top ten positions. Can you imagine if the shoe was on the other foot and you were taking reserve grant? Now, look, let's look at it in a vacuum. Of course, if you're competing over 100 teams and you take second place, it's absolutely a phenomenal accomplishment. But let's hold it inside of itself here for a second. To lose grand champion by you know that close of a margin, if you were in second place, uh, would, you be, would you still be happy with it? You would be like, oh, I can't believe it is that close. What could I have done to put myself over the top with that razor thin of a margin? You know, Greg, I, for me, anytime I cook a contest, if I can finish in the top 10%, I'm uh, ecstatic uh, because competition barbecue 
is getting to be so intense, and there, there's so many good teams out there. I, I guarantee you that you know the top 100 teams in America, any single one of us would be happy to finish well in a contest because the competition is just so intense. Harry Sue joining us here on the show, All right, Harry? So we look at ribs. You get a 31st overall, so no call, even though they're calling out 20. How did the ribs uh, feel and taste to you as you're getting uh, ready to turn them in? You know, to be honest, I thought my ribs were better than my chicken. But, uh, you know, <laughs> be as what it may be, uh, the judges seem to like the chicken better. Uh, then we move on to pork, uh, 49th in pork, so you know, still very good finish. Uh, again, no call. Uh, how's, how's pork working out for you? Uh, pork's sort of uh, my kind of area I'm struggling with. Uh, it's interesting that last year I finished uh, third in the toy rankings in pork, but so this year I'm struggling with pork. Maybe everybody else has kind of amped up their game and done pork better than me, but uh, that's apparently the tag category I'm struggling this year. This just goes to illustrate what I keep telling everybody is that you can't maintain your lead for very long because uh, over time uh, you'll lose your edge. So when you are firing in all four cylinders, that's indeed a blessing because it's really hard to excel in one category, much less in all four. Do you have any type of game plan to try and rehone the pork at this point? I know the last time we had talked, uh, the pork was a little bit off, and you were thinking about uh, making some tinkers with it. You know, have you done anything, and what would you look to do different uh, in your next event? To try to maintain more consistency in Chester's, uh, we came in second in pork. So I thought my pork was back on track, but the ACM proved that it was again off track. But you know, as the pork sort of kind of went off track. Uh, the other two categories, the chicken and the brisket, seems to be on track. So, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of juggle the balls and you try to keep four balls in the air. And on the day that you keep the balls in the air high enough is the day that you win. Uh, in all honesty, I did not think that I placed uh, you know, in the top ten much as the GC at ACM, primarily because many teams had three walks, a couple of teams had four walks. So how can you beat a four-walk team when you only have two walks? But when they call first place, I honestly was very surprised. I left a little raw YouTube video that my niece shot of the reaction that I had, and I was just amazed that we made to GC amid such a tough, tough field. Yeah, now you get the third overall in brisket, so, I mean, you don't get to walk the stage for first, but you have a, a first in chicken, you have a third in brisket. You don't have any idea where you are in relation to the, the other two categories that you don't get a call in. Did you like the brisket? Yeah. Was it third place or better, or, or did you think you got uh, away with it? The brisket one? Was, uh, was pretty good, I thought, uh, and uh, I thought the pork was as good as the brisket, but, you know, look at how wrong I am. I can never guess these judges because uh, they sort of have a mind on their own, and despite what I think about it, a lot of times I'm wrong. So I've been proven, I've proven myself that I'm wrong more times I'm right with judging. <laughs> so obviously I can't be a judge. <laughs> yeah. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. Hey, before we get into the second segment today, let me take a minute to tell you about Crawford's Barbecue Pit Spritz. It's all natural and gluten-free, keeps your meat super moist during the cooking process, adds a sweet peach taste to all your barbecue. It's great on all meats and does exceptionally well with pork. All you need to do is screw the included trigger sprayer onto the 16-ounce bottle and you are ready to go. Crawford's Pit Spritz also works great as a wrapping liquid to help you bring those ribs and butts home. To get all the details on Crawford's Pit Spritz, head over to Crawford's bbq.com
Harry Sue joining us here on the show from Slap Yo Daddy Barbecue. We're talking about the ACM Barbecue Throwdown and the one just past weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, Harry, in a typical event, you have maybe, you know, 35, 40 teams. Obviously, there's some bigger ones during the course of the year as well. But, you know, when you get into that 100-plus category, it takes a little different spin in regards to not getting a call for a meat. You know, no call in ribs or pork. Uh, you know, are you still confident that you can pull good finish before you get that brisket call? You know, I honestly uh, didn't know until they called for brisket. And between brisket and the announcement, things happened so fast. <laughs> Uh, mathematically, when I looked at the numbers, uh, there was something like about maybe 30 teams uh, spread within six or seven points uh, for a lot of the categories. And, you know, it's, it's really the intense competition and the unique KCBS scoring system that re- results in this uh, 10 thousandths of a percentage, uh, 10 thousandths of a point between teams. And uh, with the clustering, the way it works, uh, there are just so many teams jammed into some of these ranges that, you know, it's really impossible to tell who's ahead and who's behind. But I honestly thought that the Lucky Skew with four calls would win the contest. You know, I was reading your blog. You said that there were so many teams, so many calls going out, and it was, like, hard to keep track. You've just said that, obviously, a couple times as well tonight. So when the calls are going uh, over different places and they land on you as grand champion, obviously it was a real surprise to you, as you've stated. If you can possibly, how does it compare rank to all of these others that you've had so far this year? Is this hands down the biggest one so far? Or are they all unique, like children in their own way? How does it kind of shake out for you? This is unique uh, because we won. This is probably the largest payoff that Slab Daddy has won, as well as the greatest number of teams in terms of winning a GC. Uh, Havasu was like, like 80 teams. Uh, we won in Morgan Hill, 65 teams. So this is the first time we won a GC with these, this diverse uh, set of teams from all over America. I think there were like at least over a dozen states were represented. Uh, we had teams from England and Canada. So it, it was really a deep field. All right, so you have $50,000 in total purse. First place takes $10,000 payout. And then obviously I'm sure there's uh, category payouts as well uh, down the line. What was your uh, total winning take for the end of the weekend? Uh, we had some bonus money uh, because uh, Kingsford was kind enough to throw in $1,000 for the winner. And as everybody knows, I've been using Kingsford for four years now. Yes. Uh, and uh, there was, they also threw in some extra money for the chicken win. So I, I took over $14,000. All right. So, I mean, you listen, you listen to that number and you're like, wow, $14,000 for a weekend. Definitely a good payday. Obviously, that's going to help kind of seed the team and grow. But look... Let's be honest here, and I don't think a lot of people understand this, at least for people that aren't in competition scene or follow it as much as I do, and obviously you're in it. You know, when you're doing 35, 40 competitions a year, you're traveling. I mean, you don't rock star in on planes all the time like some of these other uh, pitmasters do and use other people's stuff. I mean, you're driving, you're using your very basic equipment. From all of the prize money that you win, and then you extrapolate or uh, you take out the expense of doing all of these competitions during the course of a year, are you still in the black sum? Are you break even? Are you losing money? I mean, this isn't like a competition barbecue is breeding millionaires hand over fist. <laughs> I, you know, I wish that was true. Uh, you know, Sabadetti has been one of the really, really lucky and fortunate teams that uh, we've won a lot of contests. Uh, for this year, I'm definitely in the black. Uh, to give you a perspective, uh, the average team spends about $1,000 every time you roll. So if you cook 35 contests a year, if you win no price money, you're out $35,000. So it is not exactly an inexpensive contest. So teams try to make up by doing people's choice, selling barbecue, selling souvenirs, and trying to win prize money. All right, So, uh, and we're talking with Harry Sue from Slap Yo Daddy. 
Harry, you're now five grand champions in for 2012, correct? Uh, yes, I think a couple of were won in December. So uh, technically for the year, it's probably three GCs this year. All right, so if we're talking about three, are you, you're within that window, though, of uh, the seven grand champions getting you the automatic bid into uh, the Jack Daniels? Yes, I believe it runs from September through like end of August. All right, so, so I, I'm well within the window. Yeah, in you, fact, actually, this is sort of early in the season because the season really doesn't kick off till about May, you know, and on. All right, so you're two more away to get from that or to get that automatic bid to the Jack. Look, you've been very vocal about it over the last couple of years about getting down there. Uh, the past few years, there have been a few hangups prohibiting you from cooking at the Jack. How confident are you feeling right now about getting down to Lynchburg this year? Well, I'll just do my best, and uh, if we can get the seven for the automatic, we'll turn in our five for the draw, and we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I, I always believe that the time and a place for everything. Last year, I, you know, four of my students made it to the Jack, so maybe in 2012 we'll get a chance to, uh, you know, go, go out there and uh, experience the uh, whole the Jack experience. All right, now explain to me this. You know, there seems to be this mystique of the Jack and all of the stuff that comes along with it. And as an outsider looking in like me, you know, while the company name is good and it's obviously well attended and you have people from different countries, I guess I just don't see where that hype is so big for this competition versus something like an American Royal Invitational where all of the teams that are top that year have the ability to go head to head. Why does it mean so much to Cooks and why would it mean so much for you to get down there and, and get your hand at it? Greg, I think uh, you asked an excellent question, right? That why would you know somebody try so hard to go to an event that you have to be invited to? Right. You know, I've, I've been told by people who've been there, essentially, this is their answer. Until you go to the Jack and cook the Jack, you don't get it. <laughs> so since I haven't been to the Jack, I, I don't get it. But it remains a goal. And, you know, again, life is about chasing goals. And uh, when you have a goal, uh, it makes kind of your journey worthwhile. Now, I've been told by some people that, uh, you know, w- what you do is you get a, basically a banner with your name on it, but that banner is priceless. So I just want to have that experience. And, you know, chasing a goal is really a fun thing to do. All right. So uh, if, if you never got to the Jack Harry, uh, let's, you know, look 15, 20 years down the road, however long you're going to keep cooking competitively. If you never got there, is that something that would stay with you that you never were able to achieve that particular portion? You know, I I don't worry about it because I just go out and cook and have fun every day. And if we make it, we make it. We don't, we don't. Uh, it just remains a goal. You know, I have so many goals in life, and uh, cooking barbecue and having fun is really the primary goal. My my goal for barbecue is really is an end to the means. The true means and the true objective of my being involved in barbecue is trying to spread happiness. Trying to go out and spread happiness uh, through barbecue, and this is maybe some a gift that I have and. Competition barbecue is just a means to achieve that objective. And there it is from April the 3rd, 2012. Greg Rempe and Harry Sue from Slap Your Daddy. That guy should be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's the greatest. Anyway, head on over to CrawfordsBBQ.com and check out their all-natural gluten-free pit spritz. You can find it at CrawfordsBBQ.com. Until next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.